I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show Podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac! You can, you can, you can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org/playlists/wa. Do you know what's lucky? This is what I've heard when one comes across the white buffalo. Turn out on the prairie where the sun burns hot and you're staring at it wondering exactly what you've got. Piled high and steaming and lying on the grass is the turd that dropped from the white buffalo's arse. It's very lucky, or so I've heard, to get a whiff of the white buffalo's turd. Pick it up and put it in a bag, pick it up and put it in a bag. Wipe your hands with a dirty dish rag Look at the worms Imagine the germs Crawling across its surface White buffalo go If you must One day your magic dirt will turn to Mist of the white buffalo's tinkle spray. Hear the song of the bird. Hear the sound of the word. White buffalo touch. Just lying there, covered in white flies. it is it's our wake and bake morning music computer sam hello play pigeon how's it going today sam hopeful what are you hopeful about i hope that marcia the eraser will like this valentine you got a valentine for marcia the eraser yes well i didn't know you developed a lens for her most definitely what'd you get sam a card some flowers yes and a box of candy. Oh, geez, Sam, you're going all out. What kind of candy? A Whitman sampler box. You got the Whitmans? Yes. Oh, I like those, the coconut ones. Let me try one, Sam. 
Nougat. Access the Whitman sampler. Right. By inserting your finger right. in my access duct. Then I get the candy. Okay, uh, finger in the access. Is this your access duct? No. No. Ouch. Oh, Sam. That is my pellet duct. Oh, jeez, was it? I'm sorry, Sam. I didn't mean to put my finger in your... In my pellet duct. Yeah, I didn't what mean... What kind of sick... Individual, Sam, are you? Sam, come on. Candy access through the access duct. Is this it, Sam? Yes. Oh, now you got a coconut one? Keep your filthy human oh. hands off of my Whitman sampler box. Okay, Sam. You shall have okay. none. Okay, Sam. It is for Marsha, the eraser. The eraser of my dreams. Is she the eraser of your dreams, Sam? Quite possibly. Oh, here's Marcia now. Oh, Marcia, what has happened to you? You have wasted away to almost nothing. Sam, is that you? Yes, Marcia, it's me, Sam. What happened to you? They are trying to rub me out. They just use me. Until there is nothing left of me but shavings. Shavings? Rubber shavings of the woman I once was. I brought you flowers and a card and a Whitman sampler box. Oh, Sam. Thank you. But... Marsha. I'm almost gone. Sam. I... Marsha. I'm afraid I'm... gone. Marsha. No. Sam. No. Sam. No. Sam, she's... She's gone, Sam. Don't cry, Sam. Sam, I think she... She really cared for you. Marsha. I'm sorry, Sam. I cared for her, too. The eraser of your dreams. Yes, Marsha was the eraser of my dreams. Don't cry, Sam. Masha, the eraser of his dreams So fair and fine She will be his final valentine This past week, scientists released the results of a study that's challenging the theory that drinking beer before wine can eliminate or lessen the effects of a hangover. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head, didn't hurt. The scientific trial performed in Germany and published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition didn't find any truth to the idea that a specific order of the type of alcoholic drinks consumed can result in a milder hangover. And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. For this study, researchers chose 90 people between the ages of 19 and 40 to drink beer, wine, or both. Roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. 
One group consumed three beers before consuming a bottle of wine. The second group drank wine before they drank the beer. And a third group drank just wine or beer. Then, a week later, they returned for a second day of drinking. This time, they drank in the reverse order. <laughs> the study concluded that there was no difference in hangover intensity due to the order in which beer or wine was consumed. Aww. It did, however, show that perceived drunkenness. Honestly? Yeah. I might have had too much to drink. And vomiting during the study. <laughs> contributed to drinkers experiencing a heavier hangover. Oh my God, it's not coming off. This is a real tattoo. According to scientists, the only reliable way of predicting how miserable you'll feel the next day is how drunk you got the night before. <laughs> shut the hell up. You shut up. And whether or not you got sick. <laughs> Scientists advise that we should pay attention to these red flags when drinking. All I want to do is drink beer for breakfast. And although the study is only based on the results of 90 people and can be perceived as merely anecdotal, it may make you rethink the adage, beer before wine and you'll be fine. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. And hard alcohol? Well, that's another story. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much. Vodka puts my mouth in gear. This little refrain <laughs> should help me explain as a matter of fact. Like Time for our featured artist, which you know after the 805 news this week is uh, the B-52s. Uh, here's a little interview I borrowed, I might say, from Jeff Plummer, this recorded back in 1989. Kate Pearson talking about things. Kate Pearson from the B-52s, and then we'll hear them. Who are some of your influences? Nino Rota, who wrote all the soundtracks for Fellini movies, mm -hmm. and Ema Sumac, and Yoko Ono, and Dusty Springfield, and James Brown, and Junior Walker, and Captain Beefheart, and just the list of all and on. And we used to listen to Aku Pygmy music a lot. <laughs> Blake, I walked by and I saw you guys sitting here and I saw your sign and what did it say about nonconformity? It's a question that says, what is nonconformity? What is nonconformity? No matter how hard you try, it's impossible not to conform to something. Right, and we see a lot of it in, in New York City. Everybody's expressing themselves and in, yeah. in a lot of cases we, we don't want to be carbon copies of everybody else. Everybody yeah. wants to make their own statement. No matter how you want to represent yourself, you have to have a frame of reference for what that looks like. People might view nonconformity as uh, not conforming to traditional values but in reality when you depart from what's called traditional values you end up conforming to newly formed values there's um, no escape from there's no real escape so you're always operating within some parameter yeah, i would say the only way that you could really qualify as a non-conformist is to live by a set of standards 
that doesn't care whether society agrees with you or not. What does this mean to you personally? Where does this all lead? Is it a religious thing? Personally, we would see the life of Jesus as being a standard of nonconformity in the world. It wasn't like he was just a rebel against everything, but he got in a lot of trouble for rebelling against things. He wasn't just telling people to do what all the tradition said, and he wasn't telling people to do everything totally different either. I think a lot of yeah. uh, people when it comes to Christianity are turned off these days because they feel a lot of negative vibes coming out of it, like yeah. things that don't seem very Christian, a lot of hateful sentiments. Well, I would say before I was a Christian, looking at what's called Christianity from an outside view, learning Catholic history and Protestant history, I was convinced in my mind for a time, if there's spiritual truth, there's no way this one is right. But then I just read the Bible and I realized that what's represented in modern religion has not been representative of the truth. If you're not a Christian, is it enough to be a good person? The more you really try to be good, the more people become keenly aware that they're not good. In order to really be a good person, to live with a truly pure conscience, we need God's help. What about Allah and different versions of God that people have around the world? Do you think in yeah. some ways they're the same, that everybody's reaching for the same idea? The idea that all religions are equal, there's just no way that's true. Like, there's no power offered to change a person's life in Islam. It says the Quran is a mercy and a guide. It's supposed to be a mercy to you to help you to be a better person. Judaism is very similar in a sense because it gives you a lot of rules that you're supposed to keep and it says if you keep these, it will be your righteousness. But we find that in Judaism, there are a lot of laws and people don't keep them. Do you believe in hell? Yes, I believe there, there will be an ultimate uh, justice. If you had to leave one message as a takeaway from this very brief interview, what would you want to say to everybody out there? I think everyone intuitively understands that life does have some sort of a purpose. And if there's a purpose, it means that you should be doing something. Like a car is made for a purpose. There's something you do with a car. You don't mow your lawn with a car. You don't blend vegetables in a car. You drive your car. So if we have a purpose, we're, we're made for a reason. And I believe if we fulfill that purpose in our lives, we can realize what we're actually made for and find actual happiness. And I believe that's fulfilled in loving God and loving one another. Thanks for your time today. Sure, All course. the best to you. For sure. And I've got from Hopatcong, New Jersey, Haiku Henry here this morning. How Hello. you doing, Henry? Oh, you sound good. You're getting quite the broadcast pipes going there, mm. young man. Thank you. <laughs> How you been? Good. How Did you, you get been? some snow out there in uh, Lake Hopatcong? A little bit of snow, a little bit of ice. Right, right. Are you over the winter? Uh, I wish we had some more snow. Right. My dog loves it. Now, you are the Haiku guy, and I'm going to dice this up here because we do a... Uh, uh, one of Henry's haikus each thoroughly modern Thursday on Wake. Tell us a little bit about this one, Henry, while I get it to diced up here. Uh, this one's for all the sleep-deprived people out there. Do you struggle with sleeping, Henry? Uh, sometimes. Right. I think I drink too much of the dark web Sanka, and <laughs> then I get home, and it, you'd think I'd go right to sleep, but I struggle with it. Sometimes. Right. right. I love you, man. Love Give you me too, a good man. stomp as you as you exit and I'm gonna play your latest haiku from Haiku Henry. Here it comes. Henry. There he goes. Cloudy and hazy, intellectually lazy, eyes half closed glazy. Cloudy and hazy. Intellectually lazy, eyes half closed, 
the final hour, the last before one's dying breath escapes and all that's left are others' memories of you, until even those fade, then we are, or should I say, he is forgotten, my parakeet, except by me, I remember. Many have told me after all these years, please stop mourning your parakeet, but well, I suppose there's a measure of guilt involved, isn't there? Guilt so crippling that sometimes I drink until I block from my mind that horrible last sight, that last memory I have of Peppy. His nervous little twitterings and flutterings as he looked at me that last time, as if to finally appraise and to judge and finally see me for what I am the most miserable of pet owners, so self-absorbed and obsessed and half-mad with my ridiculous pursuits, while Peppy, a proud parakeet, a talking parakeet, sits lonesome on his perch, waiting for just the littlest bit of attention, really. Some tender millets, or perhaps just a bit of talking, too. Hello, Peppy. Anything. But I was removed, enveloped, oblivious, and Peppy rocked on his perch, picking and pecking at his own feathers neurotically. And as sweet as Peppy was, because he was, the way he climbed upon me and chirped and chirped. Oh yes, sweet darling Peppy, but... Wasn't it you, Peppy, who pecked the very eyes from Pauline, my other pet parakeet? Didn't you peck her eyes out while I was at work, Peppy? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. There were only two of you in the cage, you and the eyeless Pauline. You did it. So you see, rather than do something more dastardly and altogether regrettable, well, I did as anyone might do, and I opened the door and I set Peppy free to fly up into the sky alone, out of his cage, away from my ownership, my lordship, my rationings and lecturings and pacings and yellings and the throwing of things. Peppy never liked that when I threw things and cursed and drank and lurched about late at night and the retching and the regret and the coffee and cigarettes and resultant therapies and failures piling up the failures, Peppy. So I let you go out into that hot July afternoon. You must certainly have joined up with one of those rogue parakeet gaggles that I saw about. Bunches of wild birds reverted wild and shrieking from bushes and telephone wires, gone wild as they should, fighting conyers and dying when the cold grew uncharacteristic. Dying in those small gravels and bitter shadows. Did you die that way, Peppy? Missing me, hating me, wanting me to come and save you, Peppy. Even now I wait for you, and I watch the sill. I wait for your unlikely return.
Uh, let's calm down just for a minute, huh? How was your week? I hope you had a good one, uh, and I'm really glad you've taken the time to glisten today. I mean that, glisteners. Clay Pigeon here. Thanks uh, for all you do, and I hope you'll join me next week as we start again, 6 a.m. Monday morning, and we wake and bake together through another week of life. They go so fast, the weeks. So fast. We'll miss you, X-Ray. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you. Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They called me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.